Stephen, can you describe what a swallow looks like? It, it's got an orangey chin, a grey and white wings uh, on the inside, a white body, two pointy things split in two that makes a tail, a black back uh, on the whole body, and it's very stocky, it's a fat board. There are some birds which everyone knows, young and old alike. Robins, swans, magpies and the swallow. Swallows have been familiar to man for thousands of years. They are mentioned in the Bible and are recorded in ancient Greek writings. In fact, it was the Greek philosopher Aristotle who once wrote, One swallow does not a summer make, (laughs) and there was never a truer word spoken. However, if one bird is to epitomise the arrival of summer, it is indeed the swallow. If I see a swallow on the last day of March and pleased, it's a kind of like a bit of an annual challenge with me. Uh, I like to sort of get the buzz of seeing the first swallow of the year. And once you see the first swallow, you realise, well, winter is gone, it's spring, summer's just round the corner. But by and large, the numbers don't arrive until the, until the first half of April. The swallow is a bird which represents the turning of the year, of balmy summer evenings and long sunny days ahead. Perhaps this is why swallows are so well known and are such a welcome sight each spring. But what of the swallow in Irish folklore and culture? Ecologist Aynan Lilauna. The Irish word for a swallow is fawnlog, and this word, um, fawnyog, is, is actually the Irish word for wandering, you know, the spalpeen fawnyog. So the wandering bird really is what, the wandering one is what the fawnlog means in Irish. That's where the word comes from. And, of course, Irish people long ago knew that the swallow went away and came back. But what they didn't know was where it went. And they were actually sure it hibernated. And in actual fact, there was reports of fishermen with their nets dragging up great quantities of hibernating swallows from the depths. And they wrote up about this, which just goes to show even then you couldn't believe what you read in the newspapers. And, of course, the poor old swallows were considered to be cures for things. You know this twittering sound the swallows make? Well, there's this kind of sympathetic medicine whereby, you know, if something twitters, well, then by somehow taking it yourself, you would cure that ailment. So it was a cure for for dumbness, for stammering, for not being able to speak. And there was actually a recipe for this, and the recipe calls for the following ingredients. So this is a 1692 recipe, I hasten to say. 50 swallows bruised in a mortar, that means all squished up and made small, feathers and all, one ounce of castor powder, one ounce of white wine vinegar, and then sugar as well. And this was all to be mushed up, liquid added to it, water I suppose, and then you drank this. The poor swallows. And of course it's great luck to have swallows nesting on your premises. You know, if you have them in your barns because swallows nest indoors. And it would, you know, be a terrible thing to do to knock down those swallows' nests because all your luck would be gone with them. So swallows have been part of our lives for many years. And from the moment they are first seen in Ireland, from early April onwards, their arrival back at their nest sites is anticipated by many people. One such man, lucky enough to have swallows nesting on his property, is Joe Curtis. Joe lives in the gentle rolling hills of the Knoll in North Dublin. At the back of his house are converted stables, and I visited him in late May to see his swallows. Well, Eric, you picked an ideal day to visit Knoll. Fabulous, isn't it? Great yeah, weather we're having. It's really lovely it's here. Great. We're out here, oh, we're in the stables here on the left-hand side. This is where they're starting now at the moment. So they're building two nests here, yeah. I think. Yeah, now we get these gates open. Oh, they're just here, you can see the we'll see this last nest year's one. Yeah, it's yeah. been repaired, yeah. Do you know, it takes up to uh, 
a thousand mud pellets to uh, build those nests. And each year the male will either build a brand new nest, but you can see here that this bird is actually repairing it, is it? It's repairing it, yeah. It started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we keep records, reasonably good records of them over the years. And for the last 10 years or so, they've arrived in the second week of April. And they pretty well start right away into the reconstruction of the previous year's nest. Of course, it's the male that uh, arrives first and sings and tries to attract the female in. But both of them actually engage in nest building. The female is the one that lines the nest because she's the, she's the one that does all the incubating. So she has a say in the interior decorating, as it were, of the, the nest. Well, at this time of year now, they work very hard at it because they're on the go from five o'clock in the morning until, well, until pretty near dark at night. Well, the nest is just nestled under one of the rafters on the the roof of the stable here. It's a small mud nest interlined with grass, and it has been slowly built up. You can actually see the newer layers on top because they are a different colour than last year's nest. Barn swallows, which is the correct name, they come back every year, the males particularly, to the exact same nest that they've held territory in last year. And most often they will breed with the same female on successive years. The young birds tend to come back to the same area, but may, especially the females, may go to a different area, but always within two miles of where they were hatched. So swallows are very faithful to the one area. I think if we... Well, it's incredible when they do arrive here, which is about the second week, pretty well second week of April, and they're with us until the last week of October. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year now they had uh, three uh, broods per nest for three pairs. So quite a goodly number. How long have you been keeping records, Joe? Yeah, we've, keep, we've kept records pretty well since uh, these stables were constructed, which is 15 years ago. And have they been nesting in the stables every year since? They have. They, interestingly, the very first year... They were here for a relatively short time, a total of uh, just less than 60 days. But now um, they're here with us for an average of 200 days in the year. So out of the 365 in the year, they're here, they're here in in, Ireland. It's interesting that because last year a lot of people were saying that the the breeding was very late uh, and that we had a fantastic summer in September, October, and that birds like swallows and house martins were nesting very late. Did, what was the no, time? No, I didn't find that. It, the, the three clutches were out and gone in about the same time. And what's the average clutch size you've had here? Uh, five is, is mostly what we see. That is the but actual average for barn swallows, or for swallows, is it? Yeah, is it yeah, four yeah. to five. What's also interesting, Eric, is you notice all the additional mud droppings that they have, or little pieces that they put onto the rafter yeah. on the left-hand side of the nest there. The you can foundations see the foundations that they never so, built yeah, on. Yes, indeed, yeah. That is amazing. Perhaps if we just just stay still and just see, because if they are still nest building, if we just stay still and quiet, they may well come in and, uh, and continue on. Oh, you can be sure of it, because they don't pay too much heed to us at all. Well, we come and go. There, look there, there he is, look. He's just come in. Yeah, deposited some... Yeah, some, some s- small pellet of mud. pellet of mud, just it's, on the top. It's like building a wall, and they just slowly build it up, and then they interweave some grasses uh, into the nest. It really is I, a, it's I an amazing structure. I that they use small, fluffy pieces of feather as well, well that, from, from the hens. That's normally uh, what they line the nest with. They line ah. the nest particularly with feathers, So because you have hens and ducks here, Joe. It's just an absolutely it's ideal, perfect. Yeah, yeah, ideal. But it's also interesting that you're talking about how cave-like this is because caves and cliffs are the natural 
habitat and nesting habitats for swallows. Oh, really? Yes. It is yeah, only since yeah. man has made all these structures that they have started nesting and are associated now with man in that they almost nest primarily uh, in old sheds and buildings and outhouses and stables in this case. But they used to nest always on cliffs and in caves. So it is a natural thing that it feels very much like a, like a cave. What I find incredible is how do they adjust their eyesight to go from the darkness into the light so quickly? That is actually an excellent question because they're going from bright sunlight outside straight in here and they know exactly what they're doing. Birds have very good eyesight. They have an acute sense of uh, of vision. They're really sharp. But even obstructions inside, it doesn't phase them at all? No, not a bit. They're very agile. That's a classic feature of swallows. They have very long wings. Uh, and they have their great uh, aerial, great agility in the air. They can move. Yeah, maneuverability maneuver. as well. And that's yeah. the one thing also with swallows, that those long tail streamers almost act like rudders and allows the birds to swerve and move. They use that for coming into a place like this, but they also use that for catching flying insects, which is primarily what they feed on. There we are now. Our swallows come from Africa but no one can be really sure how many birds actually make it to Ireland. It does seem crazy that they should come here in the first place. Anthony McGean is the warden of the RSPB Reserve in the Belfast Harbour Estate and is one of Europe's leading bird experts. It does, it seems totally crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's even all the more sort of uh, difficult to comprehend because there are several species of swallows in South Africa. Uh, which are semi-resonant. Uh, they move around a wee bit, but they don't you know, uh, embark upon these huge sort of uh, global migrations that, that the swallows do. And the explanation for this uh, uh, mammoth migration seems to uh, lie in understanding that during the last ice age, which is approximately 11,000 years ago, uh, all of Northern Europe was inhospitable. It was under the ice. The ice even extended down to southern France. So you didn't uh, touch upon a kind of a livable climate if you were a bird until you were in the Mediterranean basin. And it seems as though that that, uh, what happened was that a core of essentially African species uh, started to push a bit further north because they discovered that going a bit further north, you find good conditions, other food sources, and they extended right up into Europe. So in many ways, the, the swallow that we are so familiar with now is best thought of as an African species which has expanded north. Un- under the circumstances of that expansion, it is discovered that it can find food, it can find there's a long summertime, so it can raise a family, and happily it can get back up and down. The downside to the swallow is that uh, in trying to maximise those or to, to gain sort of optimum benefit from those conditions, it's got to go through this process of having a very high casualty rate. A lot of birds don't make it. Uh, they, they may manage to make the journey two or three years in, in succession, but there must be an awful lot of loss on the way. All over Ireland, swallows return each spring to sheds, barns and outhouses. Swallows cross many boundaries on their travels and for the past two years have been the subject of an international study as part of the European Ringing Scheme. Declan Manley a qualified ringer who lives near Edenderry in County Offaly, invited me to assist him in his work. In early July, we paid a visit to a nearby nest on a local farm to ring five-day-old swallow chicks. Good farm smells indeed. 
There's a nest here, is there? The nest is just here, so it's actually quite low. Oh, excellent. Normally, I have to go get up a ladder to try yeah. and get at the nest, but today... Oh, you can this see, one, the, you can see you the chicks in there. You can see the in chicks in it now. What my trainer always said when, I'm, when you're ringing chicks is to bring three bags. The first bag you take out the chicks, put it in, put them into it. Yeah. And then you put a bag in the nest or beside the nest that just in case the adults come in that they don't see the nest empty. If they see okay. the bag, they'll just go away. Yes. Or I mean, yeah. in this case, they'll see us, so they won't. Yeah. They'll go back yeah. out. Okay. And uh, then the third bag is when you have them ringed. Yeah. Put the take them out, ring them, put them into the second bag, and and count them all the time. Okay. Make sure you have them. Well, it's you know you yeah. sort of think, did I take out five or did I take yes. out four? And you go home and there's one still in the bag. <laughs> and what age? Very... What age are these birds? It's uh, the best time to ring them is between a week and ten days. So these ones are probably about a week old. And why is that? It's um if well if they're too if they're younger they're too they're too small and yeah. the leg is actually too small. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if they're older, then if they start to to get feathers, yeah. there's a risk of them actually exploding, as it's called, or, which is jumping out of the nest. Okay. So if you go up and they're say if they're a week before they're fledged, they're feathered at that stage and they're they're kind of and they're wide awake. So they simply you know, explode and, into your face. And they, just, and they, they go yeah. everywhere. And okay. then if you try to pick them up and put them back in, they jump out again yeah. and they end up getting so, getting so, killed. Yeah. So you, know, you need to monitor lost. these nets at so all stages. You do. Yeah. You need to kind of have a uh, check what what ages they're at and what what's, what stages the chicks are at. leaning up and taking one out yeah. very carefully. Oh my god, they're tiny. So that's tight, you see. But you see, the, their eyes are actually still closed. Okay. They're just beginning to get pin feathers on yes. the wings and they're on the They're the first tail. feathers, aren't you? That's right, yeah. So that this is the kind of the ideal stage yeah, to be doing. It still has the, down on the, on the back that's as well. That's right. The, and the big, the big yeah. yellow gape, which that's, is, of yeah. course, what and prompts the, the And the big fat tummy. Like. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> fed, yeah. well fed. Well looked at, yeah. So you just pop them into the first bag. Do you want me to hold it back? Yeah, hold it back, yeah. Sometimes you end up having to do this on top of a ladder. Like yeah, so I know. Much is, easier here. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful it's just, old it's just building. Ideal, this. Yes, and it's an ideal beautiful height. wooden beam going across, and they're just yeah. the nest so is just uh, under under the beam. No, yeah, so that's two. Uh, normally four to six is yeah. the, 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 the normal. Have you ever seen a bigger clutch than that? Six is the biggest I've biggest seen now, actually, okay. with swallows. Yeah. Yeah. With three. Three. Yeah. You can actually see the shells here on yeah. the ground from the. From the eggs, like, oh, yeah, and the droppings are beginning to. Yeah. Another Relax. indication too of the the stage the birds are at is, is the droppings under the nest. Yeah, like at for, when they're ha when they hatch first, there's very few droppings. It's mainly the adults. Yes, and the, sometimes the adults will just let the droppings fall out, take the droppings from yeah. the nest. But normally they carry them out. Yeah, <laughs> but then as the chicks get older, they can actually just stick their rear ends over and, and do. Uh, so the older they get, the more droppings, more droppings accumulate. Enough. So yeah. if you see a, a big pile of droppings under the nest, okay. it probably means the chicks are too big to ring at that stage because okay. they're, they're nearly ready to leave. And the, the, sh the eggshells are just the real shells, beautiful, right. sort yeah. of a little almost... The little hairs now yeah. sticking. And they tend to, when the chicks hatch first too, the, you often notice that when the nest, the birds are on eggs, just as the as the birds as the chicks are going to hatch, they tend to bring in feathers to line the nest, okay. even at that stage. Yeah. So sometimes, you, uh, especially at home now, where I'm in and out of the shed every day, you know, has feathers, fresh feathers in the yeah. floor, and then about two days later, you know, has the eggshells. So okay. they're just beginning to hatch. And I've read it's a female that does most of the lining of the nest. It seems, yeah. yeah. It's the male yeah. that that does a lot of the uh, yeah. initial building. Well, so we have five chicks yeah, in this empty beautiful now. little purple bag. 
brand new bags. Compliments <laughs> of the post office. <laughs> I was in there the other day and I said, any old bags? And he said, oh, here's a few. So, so I just put that bag just beside the nest. Yes. It's just, I mean, in this case, it's probably, there's not much, much yeah. risk of the bird coming in because we're standing beside okay. it. And then I'll get Patrick to do the writing then. So Patrick is your son. He's, he's yeah, your he's, able he's, assistant. Exactly, he's been out. I'd say Patrick is well used to this. Well used to it so that the yeah. rings are very, very small. Rings are quite small, like yeah, and it's a split ring. Okay. So then, and then there's a special pliers. So I, you, you put it into the, you put it into the pliers, and then around the bird's leg. Yeah. And then squeeze it, and then turn a right degree angle and firm it in. So there's no gap. No gap between okay. the rings. And so it causes them no uh, irritation. And it no, doesn't no, cause any no, problems. No, the, the ring will turn, and it'll yeah. it'll move up and down okay. along the along the, the leg. No, so they're, they're sort of one or two of them are quite yeah. strong, they're sort of climbing up That's the right, edge. That's right, they wriggle the, around, but yeah. the eyes are, actually that one's eye is just beginning to just open, beginning to just open. barely, yeah. which is just ideal because if they're too alert, yeah. if they're too big and yeah, like, you know, they could yeah. jump away on you. This, uh, the ring, well, the last digits on the ring are number 79, right Patrick, yeah? You're the last, so. And they're unique it's, to that board. It's a unique, so yeah, the, the whole, yeah, the whole series is T2035, uh, Seven nine. That's the full number. So it's basically, this ring will identify this bird this for bird, its life for if its, it's found yeah. or caught anywhere, anywhere in the, in the world. world yes, we'll um, know exactly where this bird yeah. came from. Look at the little. Uh, the little you see, I, I put it. I've closed it now slightly, yeah. and now I just close it the rest of the way. See, that's just tightened it in. Like yeah. Just tighten it. Out. It's just important that it doesn't. Um, it doesn't go over the feet. Yeah, or it doesn't. It, there's no gap like that. Yeah. Anything could get caught, of course, especially yes. the, even with the nest. You see the lining, yes, like, yeah. like horse hairs in the yeah, nest or yeah. cow's hairs. Yeah. So I'm putting him into the, the into yellow bag. The yellow bag. <laughs> okay. but that's one done. <laughs> it has long been said that swallows return to the same nest site each year, but can we really be sure that this is the case? Declan brought me to his own sheds where his ringing studies have provided the answer. So, right, this is the shed here now where the, um, the swallows are breeding. Okay. And you can see just right up in the in the centre of the rafters, there's a nest, and you can see by the pile of droppings on the ground where where the young have actually fledged, fledged this, this nest day. about a week ago. Although they're still coming back in here in the evenings. Yeah. To to roost, they roost in the nest, and two adults roost just on the little wire up there. But well, it's these adults I'm very interested in because I mean, how do you? I mean, everybody mm. asks the question. I mean, how do you know if it's the same birds that are coming back yeah. all the time? Well, the answer is here in my little red book. That's exactly <laughs> it. This is the the male swallow that's here is P nine seven eight two three one. Yeah, and he was ringed in two thousand and two in this shed. In this actual I shed, I actually put a net in the shed inside yeah. the door, and he flew in, and I caught him. And the female, which is R four eight eight one zero four, she was caught, ringed last year in this shed. So and they're both and back. Both of them are actually back this year, which is kind of unusual because normally it's only one of the pair. Yeah, like I've been ringing in this shed for. I suppose five or six years at this stage and every year there's normally been one one of them back but this is the first year that both of them have actually survived so both of them have survived and they've repaired now, that's what I was going to ask it's because interesting to know whether they've spent the whole winter together yeah. in Africa Poss probably not I yeah. would imagine but, uh, so these, these birds have actually nested together paired together last year migrated all the way to Africa and have found their way back to this exact shed, exact shed. have met up again and have and, paired and again. Paired this again year. and they're breeding and say like they have six they have six birds have fledged about two weeks ago and they will the young are still coming back into the yes. shed but in, in another week or so they they'll have dispersed. 
and they'll start breeding so they'll have a second brood, brood. because okay. the most years they have two broods like and even a possible third brood so these birds have actually come back. That is just these are the actual, unbelievable. The actual same birds. Like and have you ever had that before? Where the how long, for example, um, would a swallow live? Um, you think? Well, the most I've had them coming back is, to, like I say, the male that's here. This is his second year back yes. in this shed. Now he was an adult when I caught him, so I'm not sure how long he, how old he was. So he was at least one year old. Oh, he just that is swallow. Yes, yeah. So he was <laughs> so at least one year old. He was at least one so year old when I caught him. So like, this is know. he's at least three he's year old. At least three uh, year old this at this summer. stage, like oh. yes. Yeah, and was the female an adult? Also the female would have been. Yeah, they would all be adults. You see, when you catch them in the spring, you can't uh, age. You can't determine whether they were born last year or two or three years yes. ago because they, they do a complete yeah. molt in the winter. So yes. you can't tell. With certain birds, you could catch them now. And you could know that the bird the bird was born last year, you know, with, with finches and yes. you know and blue tits stuff like that. But unfortunately, not with swallows because they do a complete the adults and juveniles do a complete molt in Africa, so they both look identical when so they come totally back. Fresh in, in, for migration. Totally, yeah. When they come back here, they look they look the same. They're all fresh. It'll, it'll be interesting to, to see if uh, either of them come back next year. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and I mean, like up the road now in my mother's garage. There's um, a pair nesting there, and the female has been there for the last two years also. Like you know, and it's unbelievable. When you actually think, <coughs> you know, the size of a bird and the size of the brain that's of, right, of yes. a bird that is able to navigate from Edenderry to South yeah. Africa, come back all the way up through the Sahara, through Europe, across the Irish Sea into Ireland, and find its way back to the same shed that's right, in Edenderry. Yes, it just yes, blows my mind. Exactly, and I mean, this yeah. is the, the scientific proof because exactly, people yeah. often ask, how the hell do you know that the same birds? That's right, yeah, you're guessing otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah because it, one swallow looks the exact it, same unless right. it has a very unique you know, plumage mm. feature or something. It, yeah. But, um, you know, having the same pair from last year mm. back nesting together again, mm. I wonder, do they mate for life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the big yeah, question, isn't yeah. it? Most, most years I would only have one of the pair, yeah. but then it's possible that the, the other one got, got killed, killed in the process, yeah. you know, in the, in the migration or yeah. for some reason. Or possibly a stronger male could, could take, take over, over the shed, the could arrive before the, the original one, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and put out, and maybe the female then would just stay in the same shed. You know, it's, there's a lot of variations and... It's, it, you know, but at least the ringing gives you some idea, like, you know, you can kind of piece together the puzzle. Well, maybe I'm going to have to come back next year, Declan, just out of curiosity to see if, exactly. if either yes. or both are here again. Back again, that's right, yes. It is only since ringing studies were undertaken that the remarkable truth of where swallows actually go in winter emerged. While adult birds have the experience of migration, young birds that leave the nest when only three weeks old and become fully independent by five weeks face an incredible journey by themselves. In their first few weeks, young birds roost each evening in large colonies in reed beds or crop fields. If we are to have a fuller understanding of how young birds migrate, it is essential that as many of them as possible are caught and ringed. I return to Edenderry in late July where, shortly before sunset, Declan Manley unfurled his 60-foot long mist nets right beside a field of maize. Um, you can see the the maze out here, okay. and it, as you like, it's well, it's about seven or eight foot nearly at this stage. It's really growing now once July comes in. Yeah. But uh, you can see the similarity to this and a reed bed. It looks exactly like I a mean, reed bed. Even the little flower on the top is almost like the flower on the phragmites. So, so the birds you are know. beginning to, to come in to roost here now in the evenings. That's right. Yeah. I okay. mean, as far as they're concerned, this is a reed bed. Okay. I mean, traditionally they use reed beds, 
but now the maize is kind of a new a is new that a new crop. discovery yeah, it's a new ways, it's yeah. basically a new crop and i suppose it's only been grown in ireland in the past maybe 10 years or less okay so you have your and nets set so up here i have here. the net set up here now i have the net furled so yeah. basically what i'm going to do is I'm, i'll unfurl the net yeah. and open it up and then the idea is that we'll catch some of the swallows coming to roost. But how are you going to catch them? I mean, ah, like it's a, such a big area. I mean, and there's so many uh, areas for any swallow to roost. How the hell are you going to actually catch them here? Ah, you see, that's the trick. I have a tape of a swallow call. Actually, it's a CD. Okay. And I have an amplifier. Yeah. So basically what I do is when I open the net, I'll put the put on the swallow track, put it on repeat. So it keeps playing a swallow song and swallow call. Ah, okay. And uh, the, the, the theory is then, the swallows like that, as you said, there's about 20 acres yeah. of maize here. So they could roost anywhere in yeah. this maize. But uh, if they think there's swallows in there already, they, the other other ones will tend to join them. So basically what you're so doing is you're fooling I'm them. I'm fooling them to think that there's a little okay. group of swallows just here beside the net. And, and then the safety sw- in numbers, of course, exactly. so that should attract them in, will it? It'll be very interesting to see how it works. And yeah. You're going to unfurl so. the net. With the nets open and the CD playing, we slipped quietly away for a cup of tea before returning to the nets 30 minutes later. There's at least four birds caught here. four there. Okay. Yeah, so um, what we'll do is actually, um, I'll just turn off the tape first. Okay. The tape lower, because I think, well, everything else has gone to roost. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, wow, well, I can see yeah, them some, some of those are juveniles. Yeah. You can see the quite Short pale tails, under, yeah. yeah, and quite pale under oh, the throat. Oh, six or seven here. But yeah, there's actually Excellent. quite a few, yes. Yeah. Okay, let's do so it. I'll just, I can turn off this tape now. <coughs> ah, peace and quiet. The guy opposite the tape will have a pain in his ear. Yeah. So you see, they, they can, the net will catch, oh, so you squeak it, he's not too happy. This one's actually a juvenile, you can see how pale he is under it and the very short tail. Okay. Even though you can still almost see the little yellow gape on him. Yeah. He's probably not that long out of the nest. Okay. Just the juveniles usually screech at you like that. So just a little cloth bag, so I put, put one in each bag. Keeps them quiet. And tie the top of it, and that keeps them, it's, it's dark okay. in there now, so it keeps them quiet. So I'll just keep working away. Okay, you keep doing it, I'll yeah, keep holding the bags. You hold the bags. <laughs> another looks like another, it's another juvenile. Another juvenile. It tends to be mostly juveniles you catch like at this time okay. because these would be the first brood okay. and they're out, they're independent now, they're starting to, to find their way around. Okay. And the adults are probably still breeding, they're still back in the sheds. The swallows actually are very easy to extract. Yeah. They just tend to, to sit there. I was going to say quietly as he screeches at me, but then... Um, Again, we'll put them into the bag. Each bird is carefully removed from the nets and placed into a bag to keep them quiet and calm. Then, one by one, they are measured, weighed and ringed before being released. Each one, in turn, went to roost in the maize field. It's 21.9 grams. Like 21 grams. And, um, is that is light it? for a swallow? or? Um, a- no, that would be average enough, yeah. Like I said, say they probably will put on a little bit more weight. So, and, uh, and that's basically that's all I need to take for here and I, I recorded the time like which yes. we caught them which was basically about 10 o'clock when they actually got caught and that's it then he's ready so I'll just he's ready turn off the light now and, because it's still actually there's enough yeah, light yeah there's a lot he, he's, it's he's still eyes, quite a bright evening so I can just he, his off eyes he adjust this and there he goes and, and going straight straight, straight off back into, into the maze, maze yeah. fantastic so he'll probably find some of his friends so again it's just we'll start on the next one which is number 94 and again it's the same same process so we we'll keep going until we get to the, to the end of the bag yes. <laughs> oh, 
too happy. He's nice and comfortable in there in the bag. He said, why'd you have to wake me up? 20 days later, one of these birds was caught going to roost in the reed beds of Pollardstown Fen in Kildare as part of the same European ringing scheme. In 20 days, it had moved only 30 kilometres from Edenderry, which is a relatively small distance when compared to the 9,500 kilometre journey these birds will have to make to reach their wintering grounds in the western Cape province of South Africa. They do fly over the Sahara. They are uh, a splendid example of uh, a kamikaze bird, which is also a success. So it doesn't kind of like expend its energies, you know, to the point of being a total disaster. And their migration is broad front. That means that the birds just set off and they head willy nilly in, in, the, in the correct southerly direction. But they don't channel themselves around around the, the edges of the continent. So if you lived in West Africa and countries like, say, Mauritania or the Ivory Coast, swallows are quite scarce. Uh, they're really coming through the middle and, and then sort of stopping at the end of each day's flight because they fly during the day and they stop at dusk. And uh, they're a social bird. They prefer to move in big flocks or certainly a stream of birds, not lone individuals. And they probably have their route mapped out for desert oases, reed beds, forests, places like this. So at the end of the day, stop, down for the night, and first thing in the morning, they're off again. But it's not just reed beds and desert oases. And what an extraordinary experience it must be for a young swallow on its first migration from Ireland to land on telegraph wires where the distant sounds of an African market replace the familiar sounds of an Irish countryside. It takes them six weeks uh, for the autumn migration to get from here down to South Africa. And in the spring migration, funny enough, it takes four weeks. It's not because they know a shortcut. Uh, it's because the pace of spring migration is often a bit more hectic. Uh, there's a lot riding on the first bird's back. The male will want to get back to his territory to sort of sit on wires, to sing, to woo the females, which come a wee bit later than the males. And obviously the first bird's back, get the best territories, have more chance of finding the mate, and so on and so on. So there's a, a real momentum in the spring, which is not quite so hectic in, in the autumn time. And it's a journey fraught with danger, some man-made and some natural. They face uh, a staggering amount of dangers. Uh, some which we can relate to here, I mean, maybe bad weather. They could be uh, blown off course. They could be on a, on a, a flight, for example, down to the Bay of Biscay and hit kind of you know strong headwinds, lashing wind and rain, uh, things like this. But as they get further and further south, the, the dangers change, and uh, you know it's, it may come as a bit of a surprise to discover there is a species of falcon which breeds exclusively in the Mediterranean all the way from Morocco right through to uh, the Red Sea. It's got a wonderful name, uh, Eleonora's falcon. Okay, yes. Uh, the species of falcon, which is a kind of bird of prey, uh, its evolution uh, takes cognizance of the fact that September is the top month for the migration of smaller birds through the Mediterranean. So the bird breeds then. It has young in the nest in September, and it hunts exclusively for day-flying migrants coming through the Mediterranean. And there is an amazing statistic which says that one in 800 swallows which come down through from Western Europe crosses the Mediterranean, one in 800 will be picked off by Eleanor's falcons. By Eleanor's falcons, one in 800? 
Yeah, well, it takes Eleanor's falcons. They're a pretty big bird. Now, yes. if, you, if you can if you can relate to the size of a peregrine falcon, which would be the size of a, a, a big pigeon or, or a crow, and Eleanor's are about the same size, but they're they're longer, they're more graceful, they've got a more agile flight, obviously so, because they're, they're a fast pursuit falcon chasing things like swallows. We've almost come to the end of this very long flight to Cape Town. Uh, it has become completely dark, and we're in the descent towards Cape Town, which is uh, clearly visible from our cockpit window. That means, uh, we so we know our swallows winter as far south as the western Cape province of South Africa. In late September, I decided to make this tremendous journey myself to see if I could meet the first birds returning to their wintering quarters. Your attention please, passenger Dempsey, kindly contact the airport information. Here, I met up with Johan van Tonder, a professional guide with the eco-holiday company SafariWise and one of South Africa's leading bird experts. He took me in search of European swallows. Eric, we're on the outskirts of Cape Town, okay. about 45 to 50 kilometres northwest of Cape Town, on a gravel road, as you can see. Indeed. En route to Darling. To Darling. Yeah. OK, so you're bringing me to Darling. <laughs> yes, <is> my dear. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, I mean, of course, the reason why we're here is to look for swallows, and we have found them. There's Indeed. A f- there's a flock. There's probably about 40, 45 swallows here at the moment, and oh, yeah, even just looking through them, for me, it's instantly see what I refer to as swallows, but of course... You would call them European barn swallows. There are a couple of other other birds. There's one just going by me there. What one is that? Yeah, that was the pearl-breasted swallow. Pearl-breasted. It looks yeah. bigger than uh, than European Slightly, swallow. Slightly, yeah. And, yeah. and it's it, got a rapid flight as well. Okay, yeah, mm. and it doesn't have a red throat. It's quite quite white underneath. Yeah, yeah. And oh, there's another one just going by there. That very very blue that's, on the upper part. That's the white-throated swallow. Eric. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. That seems a little bit smaller. It's about the mm. same size. And does that have a? Did I see a black? Band or a band across the throat on that. Part? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, that's, that's how you separate them from. Throated, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. how you separate them from from pearl breasted. Okay. Yeah. And just yeah. oh, hang on. Oh, yeah. There's a, a few few swallows just landing there on the on the wires. Oh, I can see the pearl breasted, and there's there's about twelve European swallows, and I'm a bit bit surprised because they they actually look like they are adult birds. I would have expected that. Well, it's only late September now here in South Africa. I would have expected that the first birds that you would have received were young birds, juvenile birds. No, no, not at all. No, the first birds arrive here the, the, from the barn swallow side. It's it's the adults. They really? arrive at first. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely amazed by that. Um, I would have thought that juveniles, having you know fledged from the nest maybe in June and July um, in Ireland, would have been the first birds to reach here. No, not at all. As, as I said, it's the adults that arrived first. Um, the first ones just arrived in South Africa or southern part of Africa. And um, towards the end of October, November and December, a major influx of, of barn swallows, we do see that in, in the Western okay. Cape. So what are the swallows that uh, turn up here, Johan? Well, Eric, we've co- covered basically all the swallows that we can see in the Western Cape or in the peninsula area. Um, are the swallows of interest in South Africa is the lesser striped swallow. Okay which looks very much the same in flight or for the first time round as the greater striped swallow, but with distinct differences, but smaller. And then the wire-tailed swallow, and then, of course, the blue swallow, which is endangered in South Africa. Can I just say it's so much easier for us in Europe because we just say, the swallow, we have one swallow, and House (laughs) Martins and San Martins, so it's much easier for us. And I've been confused uh, all morning looking at some of these birds. It's uh, it's quite confusing. In Ireland... uh, 
people see the first swallows, newspapers, uh, you know, print letters of the first swallow, you know, arriving into Ireland. And it's sort of a, a sign of the year turning. Summer's on the way, you know, That's spring right, is yeah. here and, you know, it's long days ahead. Do people in South Africa have the same vision or view of swallows? Oh, yes, very much so, um, especially with the, with the European swallow that arrives here end of September, mid-October, that summertime in South Africa. Okay, it's the yeah. beginning because, yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, late September It's in Ireland, it's the autumn and autumn migration is well underway, but it's mm. of course only spring here so oh, yes. birds yeah. are getting into breeding mode and birds are arriving here and this is, this is your spring coming into summer. That's right, yeah. The interesting thing about swallow migration is that youth is not necessarily an advantage over age. Studies have shown that it is in fact the mature adults that reach the wintering grounds first. They hold the ace in the pack, experience and knowledge. They've done this journey before and are seasoned travellers. So how can we be sure where these swallows are actually coming from? They've done studies and ringing projects on on the barn swallows specifically and it dates back to the 1948-1949 summer season. It's very early data, isn't it? Yeah, and um, over the last couple of years they recorded or retrieved and caught more swallows and misnetted them and, yeah, we always thought that most of them, according to the old data, that... uh, 80% 80% of all these swallows would come from the European or from, from the UK and yeah. Ireland, etc. Well, that's what I would have told. Yeah, yeah no, but, but over the last, say, 5 to 7 to 10 years, things have changed a lot with the big roost of swallows coming into the area of Bloemfontein in the Free State and in Schlange and KwaZulu-Natal. That's and north north of the Cape Province. North of, Cape, of okay. the Western Cape Province, yeah. Okay. It's one of the nine provinces of South Africa. It's the okay. Free State that was previously known as the Orange Free State. Orange Free State. That's oh, okay, right. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So a big roost of, of um, barn swallows do occur in, in Bloemfontein and they've misnetted them by their thousands and ringed them and discovered that about 80% of all the barn swallows comes from the USSR. The USSR? Yeah, yeah. With such a diversity of birds arriving here each winter and so many international ringing studies taking place, the evidence is clear that Irish swallows are reaching South Africa. In June 2001, they found a swallow in a building and released it. And that bird was found in Roscommon. Really? It was ringed in South Africa in Bloemfontein. Okay. That's right. And another one, more recent one, was in June 2002. This bird was found in Carlo, but unfortunately it was killed by a cat, oh, so we dear. had the ring. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> well, see, that's, that, this is amazing. So you have birds from, you know, the likes of Ireland <coughs> and from, from uh, Europe, mainland Europe, and also birds coming across from Russia, all funneling down and travelling right the way down to, uh, to southern Africa. That's right, yeah. And, I mean, it's an amazing journey. I'm, I'm, well, there's some more swallows just coming in there. There's a few more barn swallows mm-hmm. there. I mean, I, I've, um, this year, Johan was looking at uh, swallows at, on nest sites in Ireland, and we ringed um, some young birds uh, in the nest. They were only five days old. I was in Eden Derry. And, you know, it, it amazes me that it's possible that uh, even among some of the birds who are watching here, uh, but, uh, of course, not because they're adults, but in in the the, uh, the winter some of these birds may well be flying around uh, your neck of the woods your neighborhood That's your right, areas yeah. nine nine and a half thousand kilometers further it's, it is unbelievable. down south mm. and i mean having flown for uh, you know 12 hours at 600 miles an hour on a, on a jet i was exhausted <laughs> half of the journey it is such a long journey but looking out and watching the the vast expanse say of the sahara desert right below me it really hit home these birds make 
an unbelievable journey. It's a, it's about nine and a half thousand kilometres, about six thousand right. miles. Yeah. And then they return north. What time of the year do they do they leave? Well, it, it's around about February, March. They start leaving, and by April, you don't see a barn swallow around anymore. And they're, and gone, they're all gone. They're yeah. Gone for yeah. your winter and, and yeah. our summer. You've never seen European barn swallows uh, nesting in no, this. No, not at all. You, know, you only see no. them here in the wintering quarters. Are there any dangers that they're facing at the moment? I mean, well, yes, Eric. Um, it, it's a worldwide trend. It's not just in South Africa that they face these dangers. I mean, it's all got to do with um, habitat destruction, um, farming practices. Um, I think it's got more of an influence in the in the in the European countries where they breed and yes. and, and the offspring they must feed from the obvious from the parents. Yes. Um, global warming is another serious threat to them. That, those are basically the, the, the main things, and it, it's human beings, yeah. once again. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, what, what hits me sometimes, seeing birds uh, like you know swallows here, all the way down in Cape Town in South Africa, and having looked at them all summer up in Ireland, that really conservation is it's a two-way thing. There's no point you conserving your, your habitats and your birds down here when perhaps they're endangered further north in their breeding grounds. And, and likewise when in Europe we, we don't conserve our, our birds that migrate because it has to be done jointly. And you were saying that there's a lot of ringing being done now. Is that being done you know, in cooperation with ringing studies in the, north, uh, in the northern hemisphere? Oh, yes, with, with, the, with the ringing studies they do in, up in the Free State, which is basically our major study area in, in the Bloemfontein area, um, they've taken hands with, with um, the European ringing scheme. Okay, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, there's collaboration. And, and as you say, I mean, it, there's no reason for conserving our habitat and, and they all just destroy it in Europe or vice versa. Yes. So, so it's, it's from both sides. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's just such a pleasure to have had an experience to see swallows at both ends of, of the, the, the world, of their world and of my world, in fact. The cycle has been completed for mm. you, of course, they will leave yes. you uh, in, in March or April. That's right, yeah. And the cycle <laughs> goes on. And I may see these same birds that, oh, there's a few more coming in there. Yeah, They're obviously coming in now towards might, the evening. You might recognise a few familiar faces I up there. I think I just might. That is just <laughs> superb. I consider myself privileged to have been given a glimpse into the world of Irish swallows. I've watched them build nests in early summer... We're out here, uh, we're in the stables here on the left-hand side. This is where they're starting now. The this, they're building two nests here. Yeah. And have seen young birds grow from being helpless, bald chicks, just five days old, to being fully-fledged, independent swallows. It's 21.9 grams left. 21 grams. Yeah, so he's ready, so his Off eyes have adjusted. And there he goes. And I have travelled as far south on the African continent as it is possible to go. There... I have seen the first swallows returning to their wintering quarters. It is truly an awesome journey. For young birds, hatched in Irish barns and outhouses this summer, it is a journey that sees them, in just five short months, go from egg to Africa.